0: Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love.
1: Hey, it's Erin. And this is Jordan. Each week, we dig up the facts on fascinating felonies. And mesmerizing misdemeanors. Join us as we prove that you don't have to know too much about the legal system to be crazy for a good true crime story. Subscribe to Crime Crazy on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.
0: And visit us at CrimeCrazyPodcast.com. He doesn't even go here. Hello and welcome
1: to Perhaps It's You. My name's Liz. My name is Samantha. This is an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast that also includes dogs.
0: Yeah, there will be barking in this episode and there's nothing that can be done and I don't want any notes about it. Hi. (laughs)
1: Last week we had an entire podcast about, well, I was going to say dogs, but it really had little to do with dogs. (laughs) We didn't get any complaints about that. Curtis would like some pets right now. Oh.
0: He's at like the perfect level of jaggy right now. I feel like he's
1: so adorable. Oh my god, oh, Lenny's shag is
0: over the top. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's it's that's bordering on ridiculous. <laughs> a couple months after Curtis's last haircut, he is the cutest.
1: We can all relate. You get a haircut and it's okay, but it really looks peak after like a couple weeks of growing, growing. Yeah, in. and then you're like, oh,
0: and then but of course it stays like that for a day. Yep, and you're like, I look so
1: fabulous for one day. For one day. <laughs>
0: Okay, Curtis spent, like, a whole five minutes barking because Samantha came here. And I don't know if he was excited
1: or just overwhelmed or what. I'll say excited, but I feel like he was just mad that I was in the house. (laughs) Which is fine. He is
0: not super comfortable with change. Maybe some of you can relate.
1: Despite the fact that I'm here every weekend. Yeah, that's too much for him. (laughs) It's too much. He's looking at me with this most, like... Big puppy dog eyes. Like, Liz. The current problem is that Mac left.
0: Yeah, Mac's not here. So the dogs are, there's like a mutiny. They're very upset.
1: Anyway, what unsolved mysteries. So
0: last week, we took a little break to have a cast. I was going to apologize about that, but I'm not because that cast was awesome. People seem to enjoy the cast. You're welcome. It was shorter.
1: It had very few pups in it. (laughs) <laughs> and a pigeon, a pig, and a cat. But who saw that pigeon story coming? You I, know? Folks seem to have enjoyed the pigeon story. A uh, company that makes pigeon supplements called Pigeon Vitality <laughs> is following us on Instagram now. That's strange. That's
0: right. We've made the big time. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. Three pigeon supplements. Pigeon here we supplements. come. Let a lot of uh, the Pigeon Vitality
1: all... give us a call. We would love to advertise <laughs> for you. The first thing I thought of, and maybe I'm just too saturated in Alex Jones. Critique podcast, but it was a little tiny pigeon. Alex Jones just like <laughs> rolling on pigeon vitality, just like raging into a little microphone. I mean, yes, that probably is a sign that you
0: listen to too many critiques about pigeon joke.
1: vitality. Pigeon vitality. Names. Yeah, that's yeah. biz- that bizarre way to name your pigeon supplement. But yeah, well... look, you do you. Pigeon vitality. They have t- like twenty five thousand followers, so I'm not here to judge. Samantha, you just talked us right out of that great sponsorship we were going to (laughs) have. Pigeon supplement? Brought
0: to you by Pigeon Supplement. (laughs) Okay, Curtis, everything is fine. You'll be okay, dude. Get off my dick. (laughs) okay.
1: Do you have any other updates? I probably should. I had an update. As usual, and I don't. Speaking of the Pupcast... The pig cast, the pigeon cast. Uh, we were informed that Lulu the pig appeared in an unsolved mystery segment that we haven't gotten to yet. No, it's in season eleven, I think. I so I found it on unsolved wiki, which I wish I had known that it was on there because the article I read for last week was terrible. And yeah, Lulu has an unsolved wiki. Apparently, there's an episode dedicate, or at least a segment dedicated to hero animals. But it's not until season 11, from I had, what I can okay. tell. Okay, <laughs> I like that as we were trying to take a break from Unsolved Mysteries, we just did on more Unsolved I know. Mysteries. So, yeah,
0: come we at me. We can't get enough. Just <laughs> soak it in. And the fact that... See, this is how... We th- You might have thought, oh, there's Pupcasts. That's not really on brand. It turns out it's super on brand. It
1: is, because Unsolved Mysteries, on June 4th, 1999, did an episode about animal saviors that also included a dog named Norman, who was a blind yellow lab who saved someone from drowning.
0: Okay, well, we're going to have to talk about that on this a This That's incredible.
1: Cast. Also, the Unsolved Wiki included an actual picture of Lulu. Lulu is a large pig. I have no idea how that pig went through a doggy door. Lulu was massive whoa and i can't believe yeah, that just how big that the dog story. door was well, didn't lulu get a cut on her belly trying to get through that door she did so that might explain it uh sadly lulu died of a heart attack in 2003 which is exactly what she saved her owner from which um, that was I, unfortunate how did they know
0: she had a heart attack did she have like a little the, well, little piggy autopsy? i'm not sure about that
1: so a little, maybe. A
0: little piggy postmortem? Maybe.
1: Maybe she did. Too I, many I jelly
0: know. donuts, Lulu. You Lulu, gotta cut back. Lulu's owner, Joe, passed away. Just kidding. Eat all the jelly donuts you want.
1: Yeah, so we're not going to get to season 11 for a while, but uh, if you are watching Unsolved Mysteries and want to... Unsolved Mysteries is so in our blood, we can't even,
0: like, escape it. We, we really can It's can't. just like, yes. It's just always the
1: there. The pure essence of perhaps it's you. And apparently Mysteries. this Lulu story was, in, was national news. It was a big deal when it happened, so... It's a bad story. I can see...
0: You know, people are always like, oh, the news is so depressing. Like, I want more feel-good news. And it's like, well, it's not always that informative. But of course, you would want to hear this story about...
1: A heroic pig. The
0: world's smartest, bravest pig. (laughs) Like, of course.
1: R.I.P. Lulu. You did good
0: work. There should definitely be a statue to Lulu. Oh, for sure.
1: And it should have a little jelly donut at the base. Yes, It should be at, like, a,
0: a, a hospital that specializes in hearts. Yeah.
1: For, like, heart specialists. I mean, you walk in for your heart, your cardiology appointment, and you're absolutely. like, why is the statue of a pig it's here? like, well, it
0: saved a woman having a heart attack, and that's what we do here.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is our mascot. Oh, it makes
0: total sense. Hey, if the world worked the way I want it to. Truly. Which it does not at all.
1: Tell us about your trip to New Orleans. That's why we didn't have an episode last week, because Liz was... Uh, I'm assuming ghost hunting. It was incredible. Escaping it was so the great. horrible Minnesota winter. Yeah, I got to eat outside. And that was amazing. Forget what that's like.
0: I just wandered around all day, going into like voodoo shops and seeing shit that's haunted. Incredible. Eating Did you see the most any amazing ghosts? food. No. But when we checked into our hotel, the woman at the desk was like, oh, why are you here? And my friend went to eat and see ghosts. And then she was like, oh well you know it depends how friendly like she like took that very seriously and <laughs> Isn't my friend, that why
1: everyone's there
0: yeah and she was like oh well the, oh, the ghosts here from what i've heard are very friendly but you might not want to see all ghosts And so we were sort of like haha and then but of course like every building there is so old so yeah they they handed us like a this little history of the hotel and it was like oh these you know this Spirit has been sighted at blah blah, and we're like, oh, she like meant that very literally. The ghosts here in this hotel are very friendly. Are very
1: friendly. <laughs> Nobody's been. Our ghosts are great, but next door, yeah, yeah. She was basically
0: like bragging, like, well, you won't want to see all the ghosts in this town, but don't worry, you're at the right place. <laughs> These ghosts are great.
1: I you went to a cemetery? Yes, we went to. The the
0: one everyone goes to, the super old one, uh Lafayette number one, which now you have to be on a tour to go into because they've had problems with vandalism. So that's, that's a little too bad. that's a little bit of a bummer because I would have liked to just hang out and take more pictures, but I also get why that's an issue. Because that's where Marie Laveau is buried. Um, At some point, someone like painted her whole tomb pink. And then they were like, okay, like we've put up with a lot of shenanigans over the years, but that's over the line. That's also where. So that cemetery is so old, and the crypts have to be above ground because of the sea level. But. Not all of it is very well maintained. Like, it's supposed to be maintained by the family. So some of them have just, like, sunk into the earth. Oh. And just vanished. Wow. So that's how Nicolas Cage's future tomb is there. Is that he bought the, like, land two tombs used to be on until they sunk into the earth.
1: Okay. So where is Nicolas Cage
0: going to be buried? In there. In this, like, pyramid he had built for him. Oh. It's already there. Oh. Okay. I get. Wow. That's... (laughs) That's over the top,
1: but I kind of respect it.
0: Uh, yeah, it was that was great. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my... I went on a ghost tour. I'll talk about that as my recommendation. Nice. That was lovely. No, every, everything was fantastic. Because seriously, everything is haunted.
1: Follow us on Instagram. I posted a few photos from Liz's trip. Specifically, there are a bunch of photos from the Voodoo Museum, which looked incredible. We just talked about Voodoo on this podcast. So, it was practically a work trip. Pretty
0: much. I should have expensed it all. Uh, we also... I think there's a photo. I walked by this building that had a for sale sign and at the bottom it said not haunted.
1: Which means it's totally haunted. And I was
0: like standing in the middle of the sidewalk and this wasn't the like most touristy area. So I'm like standing in the middle of the sidewalk taking a picture of the sign and this this guy walks by me and to sort of like reassure him I'm not being a freak and like Mm -hmm. taking his picture, you know? I was like, That means it's haunted, right? And he like looked up and he just went, Oh, definitely
1: Oh, for that's for sure haunted.
0: I was like, okay, cool.
1: I love that there's a place where they're yeah on your first sale sign. We saw other places for sale from
0: the same realtor or the same like realty business that did not say not haunted. (laughs) It's not like their thing. So that made us wonder, like, but does that mean those ones for sure are haunted? (laughs) What is happening? Also, have everyone seen that Nathan for you where he gets this like. He talks to a realtor about having these like verified, not haunted homes, and they like bring in a. Exorcist. Oh, it's so funny. That's really, that's all I could really think about. So I was like, oh, this is like a Nathan for you property where it's like, not haunted. We got These that succubus out of there.
1: Haunted. This one. I mean, pretty much, I feel like everything is haunted. And it's I would great. think that in New Orleans, if it was haunted, it would just increase the, you know, the market value of the home. I mean, I guess it depends on the, the spirits. Sure, if, there. They're, if they're nice, like the ones in yeah. the hotel. Yeah. You've got some demonic ghost adventures shit. No one wants this. Oh, my God. No, I
0: can't remember her name. But if anybody has seen the American Horror Story Season 3 coven, where Kathy Bates is this horrible woman, and I cannot fucking remember her name right now, but that's a real person. Oh. And she murdered all these people, and she's the fucking worst. Um, But she did really own this property in the French Quarter, and it's, like, considered cursed, and nobody wants it. Nicolas Cage bought it. (laughs) it's also gigantic and so creepy and dead and like everything else is like lively and lit and blah 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 right and like this is you just see this gray building that's a block and just nothing like Ooh. it's so creepy but oh my god Curtis come on <laughs> let me tell my story <sighs> anyway <laughs> so she owned it and she Curtis. murdered a bunch of people there and tortured them and it's disgusting so everyone considers it cursed and nobody in new orleans wants it and eventually nicholas cage bought it what is he doing with it well he does not have it anymore he bought it immediately got divorced and then the irs showed up and told them he owes them 15 million dollars which he does not have so they seized the house <laughs> Whoa. people take that curse like super seriously our to our tour guide who you know was from there said that if you you're not supposed to walk like under the balcony and that his grandma who raised him told him that if he ever did that or touched the house he was never allowed to come home <laughs> that is serious he's like she was like i'll still love you but i will ship you off to your relatives in atlanta oh. <laughs> You will not bring that into my house. That's savage, but you know what? There's so You have to have rules. Okay, and another story about it is that this tour guide was like, yeah, once we had a new tour guide, and he walked everyone under that balcony first, and then went, guess what? You're all cursed. <laughs> and then this guy that was a voodoo doctor fucking decked him in the jaw and <laughs> knocked him out cold. Look,
1: he kind of had that one coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He said it was a really good punch.
1: (laughs) It must have been. Yeah. (laughs) Knockout. So, I I don't know. I kind of take that. Do people go in the house? Yeah, I suppose you can't if it's Okay, so it's
0: currently owned by this, like, oil tycoon guy who bought it from the IRS, like, super cheap, considering, like, how big and nice it is. But he hasn't gone there in years. So, it's... Wow. Because he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't want to. But he sends, like, guests there, like, oh, go stay in my summer house, blah, blah, blah. So the tour guide said he was once, you know, standing, like, across the street talking about this house. And this guy, like, came to, comes out on the balcony and is like, what did you say? Because he doesn't tell people who go to stay there about it. <laughs> and then they find out they're in this murder house that everybody thinks is cursed. Can you wow. imagine? That is cruel. You have to at least disclose it's like, oh, countless slaves were tortured and murdered here, and even people who were cool were sl- with slavery were like, mm, no, this is too much,
1: But enjoy your stay, yeah,
0: but enjoy your stay. They're definitely haunting that, and they're definitely coming for you. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. I know it was such a good trip. <laughs> highly
1: recommend. I'm so envious. <laughs> it looked amazing. Well, how-
0: I mean, I, we have to go to for work clearly yeah, obviously research.
1: research for the podcast requires that we go to these places there's definitely so. i
0: mean there's definitely more cemeteries i need to see there's i'm sure people are gonna write in like i can't believe you didn't do blood and i was like okay i only well, had a few days guess we have to go back next guess year
1: a, yeah i guess i'll have to go eat more shrimp stop me <laughs> i don't know amazing well thanks for bearing with us and listening to a shorter, but i think delightful episode last week i thought it was hilarious the podcast so. i mean <laughs> we're pretty funny so okay but this week we're doing unsolved mysteries did you know that we're stalling because we don't want to talk about this uh, episode because it this sucks. Episode was not good but here we are back at unsolved mysteries this is season this three is episode 15. 15 and it is not good so lack fucking luster it's Pretty Blech. boring. I, like, I mean, there's some barely remember that. There's some okay true crime stuff, but there is a treasure which is dumb as I you
0: know. literally had my fingers crossed that
1: Samantha would get the treasure. I, I was, usually do. I
0: was sitting there, and the way that they like introduced the episode, the order they said like what mysteries they were coming, you would have gotten it, mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, I don't want it. And is then what like,
1: happened? <laughs> no. no,
0: I got it. Uh. But I do like that this episode starts with Robert Stack in a church, and I was like, he's bringing us the
1: gospel. Sure is. The gospel of unsolved mysteries. Remember that tie Mm -hmm. that we talked about in, like, season one that Robert Stack wore, and people were speculating that it was, like, just a one-off, like, someone handed him that tie? He wears that tie all the fucking time. I'm
0: guessing it's, like, expensive. It just has the worst pattern on it. It it reminds me of the sort of upholstery that used to be on airplane (laughs)
1: seats. (laughs) It looks exactly like that
0: where it just has like it's, it's like weird. gray and just has random shapes floating on it and you're like okay yeah it's weird but i it's probably like fucking armani or something he's like i gotta keep wearing this tie and it's like no it's fucking hideous it's so
1: ugly and he wears it all the time he's wearing it in go this
0: get one from the goodwill it'll be better for than that for sure uh-huh. but unless yeah. that is the tie that's at the goodwill
1: i mean <laughs> would be today
0: but <laughs> Okay, I have the first mystery. I don't really want to talk about it. It's an unexplained death from Spokane, Washington. This is the death of Russell Evans. And this happened on June 4th, 1989. Part of what is annoying to me about this segment is that this victim is 13 years old. And that is very easy to forget because they have like a 25-year-old man playing him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why they... I think it's because he was like 6'3". At, at 13 years old.
1: So I they, guess, but 13 is so young. And they made it seem like he was running around town, getting into fights. I don't... I, I was a little bit like, why was this
0: kid out at midnight? But look, his parents, his parents were super chill. I guess. That's fine. Whatever. But it is confusing because the person playing him is not 13, like by any stretch of the imagination. So anyway... Uh, 1:05 a.m. the morning of June 4th, 1989, thirteen-year-old Russell Evans was found lying in the street after a apparent hit and run accident. He was discovered by Sandy Ferris and a friend of hers, and they waited for paramedics to arrive while Russell was calling out for someone named Brian to help him. Yeah, which is sort of eerie. At one thirty, he was taken to a nearby hospital where doctors tried to save his life. Unfortunately, by nine a.m., he had died as a result of his injuries. The police ruled that he had been he died from being struck by a car. His family doesn't believe that explanation, and there are some things that don't quite add up about it. And it mainly involves the fact that his shoes were found very far from his him. I guess it's not his body yet. Found far from him. And the shoelaces? The laces is a weird part. Not in the shoes. But
1: they're very fixated on the shoe thing. But that happens when you get struck by a car.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, it seems like a weird thing that would only happen in movies, but it's actually really true. If you get struck by a car, especially at a high speed, your shoes will fly off. Especially if you're 13 and you didn't tie your shoes or whatever. Like, that's the thing that happened. I found, and you'll probably get into this, but the blood was weirder. Than the shoes. Yeah. That part I couldn't explain, but, I mean, I don't know the anatomy of a hit and run. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happens when someone gets hit by a car.
0: Yeah. So, we got a little backstory on Russell. He was in he was in the eighth grade. I mean, oh, it's just so sad. He played basketball. He was super popular. They harp on that a lot. I don't really see why that matters, I guess. It seems unlikely someone would want him dead. I don't know. I, sure, we're, we're only sad when popular people die. Got it. And on the night of June third, he was hanging out in a park with his friend Aaron, and then Aaron got into an argument with another kid over about his girlfriend, and the argument was about to break into the fu- a fight, and then Russell like stopped it. Unsolved Mysteries wants you to think this is super important. And I feel like that is just, like, run in the middle 13-year-old life.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even his girlfriend. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even...
0: It, was, it wasn't It was even a fight. It was, like, it might turn into a fight. And then Russell, like, stood in between them and was like, hey, knock, like, cool it off, whatever. Yeah. It's not even... He didn't hit anyone, like... He wasn't even the one fighting,
1: so it's weird.
0: Yeah, they they really want you to think that maybe one of those people... First of all, is in a gang, which no 80s, 90s information about gangs is fucking accurate. <laughs> like, no. Gangs are illegal business operations, they are not just hooligans out to find unsuspecting, innocent people and brutalize them.
1: That is not. Are the- you trying to tell me that if I'm driving around at night and someone flashes their headlight at, head- headlights at me, oh my God. that they're not going to kill me in a gang initiation list? Is that <laughs> what you're trying to tell me? Growing up by Chicago, I have heard so much of this bullshit <laughs> and it
0: is all false and just people are just real racists, is what it comes to. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, I know that's sort of a theme that comes up on this podcast <laughs> a lot, but white supremacy is a hell of a drug, and it's infiltrated all aspects of our culture. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. definitely this idea that, like... I do not let those kids wear hats in school. <sighs> I told Samantha this story that I was once in Chicago, I had just gotten off work, I worked in, like, this dirty basement packaging soap whatever I have my hair back and a bandana and I'm not dressed nicely so I get on the L train and there's these two elderly women that I bet one million dollars are from the suburbs (laughs) so I get on the train they see me they audibly gasp they clutch their pocketbooks and they like move on the seat so I cannot sit next to them and I and I, at first I was like, what the fuck? And then I realized, it's ladies, be- I'm not a blood. Okay, I just I realized need it's to because sweat. I'm wearing a bandana, and someone told them that that meant that I'm in a gang, and that if they have like the wrong colors, I'm going to kill them. And I was just like, I'm so tired from work, and I hate you, and whatever. So anyway, I don't trust anything this episode says about gangs. I don't see any evidence that the people Russell talked to were even in a gang. No, because they weren't. Because they weren't. They're just 13-year-olds hanging out at a park at night, not getting into a fight. Like, they didn't even... suspicious to me. They didn't even get into a fight. Okay. So, they spent the rest of the night at a friend's house. Russell left around midnight. He called his father and told him that he was coming home. I I don't know. Russell's parents seem real chill. You can call them at fucking midnight when you're 13. I am on my way back. I'll get there eventually. Yeah, okay. So whatever. That's none of my business. Um, A few minutes later, he ran into a friend of his on the sidewalk, who was the last person to see him alive, and they just, I don't know, chatted for a couple minutes. All these kids are just, like, roaming around in the middle of the night. (laughs) Whatever. I just... But it seems kind of cool. <laughs> um, so they think that he was hit by an unknown vehicle. They think he was hit by an unknown vehicle. Yeah. He was hit by an unknown he vehicle. He was hit by an unknown vehicle. Possibly a pickup truck. As well, a result, some people don't believe it, but... As a result we'll of the that. impact of the vehicle, he was separated from his shoes and landed 75 feet from where he was struck. You know, forensics backs that up, saying that he might have been hit by the back bumper and that that... Is might be
1: kind of why it's weird. The back bumper? Yeah. How did... I don't know. That was from the forensic pathologist. I don't even know how that would work unless they hit him and then backed over him. Or maybe they were turning? Oh, maybe. And it, that's what hit him? Weird. I feel like he had to have been hit and then dragged because they found blood, like, all over the street. Yeah overall the pathologist thought his injuries were
0: consistent with an accident however his family as I already mentioned doesn't buy that so he's less than two blocks away from his home which I don't know it's just sad and his shoes and shoelaces are found downhill 86 feet away and his shoelaces are separated from his shoes you know he's 13 did he have his shoelaces tied well Probably not. Probably not. Who knows? And this is what Samantha was talking about. So there's three pools of blood found, approximately 50 feet away from his body, and the family felt like this didn't make sense. I'm kind of wondering if that's just the point of impact.
1: Yeah, maybe he was some- dragged, or maybe he he didn't. He seemed delirious, so he could have crawled a bit of a He could have yeah. even maybe stumbled. You know, he maybe he was able to get up like. I feel like there is explanations for the blood that go beyond. I wonder was if beaten it with dripped off four, the car. Which is yeah, what his dad thinks. Oh, right, <laughs> it's I for- terrible. I but- forgot
0: that that horrible theory. So, um, a second pathologist was brought in and thought that he might have been in a fight prior to his death because the bruising on his back appeared inconsistent. With a hit and run. So what his parents come to believe is that basically they're driving by with like a baseball bat or a two by four out the window, smack him with it, and then hit him with a car. Why? I don't know. Bruising is not a very precise science. Right. Like it's that's why that's part of why bite mark evidence is not this end all be all that we want it to be is because it's hard to predict how blood pools and blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. Guess what? I'm not a doctor. But I just feel like the second pathologist saying, oh, he may have been in a fight, which contradicted the first pathologist, was exactly what the, his parents were looking for right. to confirm their theory that he was murdered. And it's sad. The other weird thing is that he's calling out, this woman finds him
0: in the street, and he's calling out, like, Brian, help me. Like, Brian, blah, blah, blah. So his parents think that his friend Brian was at the scene. That makes sense. He
1: he apparently had a friend named Brian. Yeah.
0: And the woman said that she saw someone wearing a white shirt and white tennis shorts standing in the woods, kind of watching the scene, Mm -hmm. and that she tried to tell the... This is... (laughs) this I 100% buy, she tried to tell the police about it, and they kept telling her to move to the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh, but when people are always like, oh my goodness, why didn't you call the police? Why didn't you blah, blah, blah? It's like,
1: oh, yeah, well, they, they always listen. They always take you seriously. <laughs> yeah, they're always super helpful. So, And the police officer they asked about this was like, we assumed it was just someone who came out to look at the scene. Yeah, you did to like you uh, just, just you make assumptions now. That's, that's how this works. Police work. Okay. Uh we thought it was just a looky loo and we did uh, I mean,
0: zero to confirm. Maybe that it was. I, I sleep well at night. Yeah,
1: maybe it was, but
0: you might want to ask like a couple questions. This is
1: a run. Kid died. Like, you don't. You don't want
0: any evidence. You, you
1: want to figure out who. Uh, wh-
0: I mean, I see why the parents are not trusting the investigation. Sure. Um, but I also sort of think
1: it is a hit and run. I do too. Um, I don't think a gang of teenagers that uh, presumably he was hanging out with his friends at the park. Like, come on. I mean, it is weird that, like, this Brian piece is also a little bit weird because he goes to the hospital. His parents go to the hospital, and apparently someone named Brian was calling yes. and asking about him. But And they were like, how would he
0: know he was here? So, yeah, maybe his friend Brian was with him. When he was hit, and he felt bad that he didn't do more. Maybe, maybe. Apparently, his father had asked Brian what he was wearing that night, and he said he was he was wearing white shorts and a white shirt. But then later, when the police asked him about it, he said he didn't own clothes like that.
1: Kids <laughs> lie sometimes if they think they're going to be in trouble. I don't know that essentially accusing his friend of being involved in his death somehow. Like
0: uh, it kind of makes me think that his friend was a witness and that's a really horrible thing to witness and he felt super guilty it doesn't he was traumatized himself yeah it doesn't make me think he was involved in his death it makes him think he wasn't able to prevent it and he felt terrible right
1: i don't that seems more likely than yeah his friend helped beat him to death his parents think that they held him there was apparently some bruising on his arms that they thought was indicative He's of... He's been
0: hit by a car. He's going to be bruised. It,
1: yeah. Also, I'm bruised
0: all the fucking time. <laughs> I bruise super easily. I have a gigantic bruise on my leg right now. I yeah. pretty much always do. Yeah. If I'm murdered tomorrow, are people going to be like, oh, what was this? And it's I Liz is clumsy and <laughs> I bumped into my bed frame yet again. That's what it I is. Know.
1: Well, in, in that segment, and I really do empathize with his parents, but his father is like, throwing out, like, medical terms that I think he's not qualified to, like... I think he's... Make these determinations. I I think in his grief, he's done a lot of research. Right. And he feels very well informed, and
0: maybe he is. But I kind of think that he's looking for sense in a senseless tragedy. Yeah. I think this is just... Your kid got hit by a car, and it's terrible, but there's not a, a... bigger whatever there. I don't think there's, like, a conspiracy to murder a 13-year-old for slightly intervening in a
1: non-argument, like... And it's possible that, because there's no way to track this car down. No one saw it happen. There's no evidence, whatever, that might lead you to identifying the vehicle that hit him. So that's horrible. And maybe if you think, okay, well... Maybe it was his friends who we know and we can actually find, then we could get justice for our son. But yeah. I don't... His friends didn't kill him. I don't... I don't think. Also, they're 13. Yeah. Also, do they, yeah, again, easy to forget in the
0: segment. Do they have access to cars? <laughs> can they drive... Like, I was like, what car? They're fucking 13. Did they take their parents' car, go commit murder, and then just put it back in the garage? Yeah. That's a, that seems pretty unlikely to me. Yeah. Like, I realize 13-year-olds do sometimes take cars to joyride around, but they also, like, don't know what they're doing. Right. right. So they, like, purposely orchestrated this vehicular manslaughter or whatever you call it and then just, like, drove it home, <laughs> put it back, washed it off, perf- like... Yeah, no, they they're thirteen years
1: old. They're dumbasses. They didn't pull off a perfect murder. Yeah, I mean it's so horrible that this happened to him, but I it's don't a, think he It's was, awful. I mean, you could maybe argue that it was murder or at least manslaughter I guess, or whatever. Yeah, but it is in in the way that they, they just drove away. Right, that's unconscionable. Or were
0: driving recklessly. Maybe they were drunk. Maybe whatever. So, yeah, okay, that is murder, but I don't think it's an, an intentional... No,
1: and certainly he wasn't, yeah, beaten with a bat by all his friends. I, yeah, for, I, for no reason. For, yeah, for intervening in a not fight. Okay, Unsolved Mystery Wiki says
0: that this is unresolved. In 1996, a new witness came forward claiming to have heard one of the people... Who, whom Aaron and Russell had gotten into an argument at the park, confessing to killing Russell and then running him over with a car. However, despite the new witness coming forward, the com- police, co- police continue to insist it was a hit and run. No one has been charged. Sadly, both of Russell's parents are now deceased. I... My reaction to that is that kids say things to sound tough, yeah. and that doesn't mean that they're true. Yeah. And there's really no evidence to back. Just someone, you know, trying to act... Someone bragging, oh, yeah, I killed that kid. Is
1: that terrible? Yes. Does that mean that they did it? Does someone saying they heard someone say, yeah, I killed that kid?
0: Also, the parents, it seems like the parents are very mad. I read some other article about, like, why aren't they following up on this? I was like, because it's fucking hearsay, and it's not really evidence of anything. Like, this is just a rumor. Right. Like, ugh. it's, It's a sad case, but it's not particularly interesting, and...
1: No. I think there's
0: just a lot of, like, blame being pointed in directions so that it doesn't need to be.
1: Yeah, and can you imagine how bad his friends must feel? <laughs> <laughs> also, yes, that's a really good point. Like, they were with him. He was walk- Like, assuming he was walking home alone, which is what everyone thought, like... I don't know. I would feel... If I was 13, that happened to my friend. I would feel so he bad. He literally
0: bumps into his friend, like, minutes beforehand. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, I'm heading home, you know? And then they're dead. Like, what a shock. Yeah. You feel immortal at that and age. And then
1: suddenly his parents are essentially blaming all Guess of you. Guess what?
0: You got a baseball bat, and you hit our son with a bat, and then you stole a car, and then you, like... Ran him over. It's like... That's
1: just terrible.
0: And then they're like, well, okay, I did steal a beer one time. Like... <laughs> They're 13! Oh my god!
1: (laughs) I know. I know, Curtis! It's horrible. They're just not
0: criminal... Oh my god. Mastermind. (laughs) right, This is terrible. This is gonna be the worst podcast we ever made. Look, Lenny's gonna take your
1: bone if you don't get over there. Hurry up, Curtis. Okay, I have a wanted. This is the case of Bradford Bishop of Bethesda, Maryland, who was a family annihilator and a horrible person, and this is not a great story so (laughs) FYI Brad Bishop of Bethesda, Maryland, was a Foreign Service Officer assigned to the State Department. Previously, he served in the U.S. Army as a counterintelligence operative. He was a polygot, which means that he was fluent in five languages. Whoa. In 1976, the State Department was stingy with promotions, according to Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> and Bishop did it's a weird judgment that they've made. Bishop did not get the promotion that he felt he had worked for. Despite reassurances from colleagues that most of them also failed to get promoted, he took it with less than typical fortitude. Oh! Colleagues said that he had also complained of constant fights with his wife Annette and his mother Lobelia. Both women Lobelia? Yes. I love that
0: name.
1: And then a colleague comes in to find women to blame for what is about to happen Uh by saying that both his mother and his wife nagged him for being quote, washed up or quote treading water, aka going nowhere in his job. Yeah, that's um, uh, real it, shitty. It's an unsettling moment. Yeah, uh, I really was watching this, and it, it's going along, and it's going. Along. I'm like, okay, well, right, finally an Yeah, you this is it. terrible. Everything's horrible, and then this. Dude comes in and is like, Like, "Guess whose fault
0: it was? His mother and his wife.
1: His, you know, his mom was just a hard ass, and his wife nagged him all the time. And basically, he felt inadequate because he couldn't get a promotion, and they kept all his wife would tell him was how shitty of a husband. I'm like, really? Get divorced, dude. Yeah, he murdered his wife and their children with a hammer, and it's her fault for nagging him. He sounds like a piece of shit." She was probably justified. Yeah. I'm so angry about that. It's, it's,
0: it's presented without question. Yeah. And that makes it very gross. And you
1: know what's gross? Could you imagine
0: gross. a situation where it was like, this Ooh. woman got harassed at work and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, she murdered all those people. No never. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just supposed to put up with all that shit and it's fine. And then, oh, that's just the way the world is. Get used to it. But this guy, like, doesn't like his mom. So, it's it, of course he had to kill all those people with a hammer this
1: shit still happens it's not like you can be like, oh well this is a different time unsolved mysteries are this segment this shit is still happening yeah it's very frustrating and you think like oh maybe it only happens when like i don't know lesser crimes are committed against women no that freaking dude in wherever who killed his wife and their two daughters and put them in a barrel there's people on the internet they'll just be like well you know he complained about how mean she was to him So, so that means he can murder them and their what? I
0: can't tell you how many times I'm watching Forensic Files, which is like ninety percent men who have killed their wives, and just going like divorce. It's called divorce. Mm -hmm. You don't have to kill people. Yeah. It's like well, he didn't like this and he didn't like that, so obviously he pushed her off this balcony, justified in murdering her. Yeah, Yeah. This
1: is how our fucking patriarchy reinforces. Okay, anyway, not going there.
0: Samantha's real mad, everyone. (laughs) Okay,
1: guess what? She's got feelings and things to say, and you're going to listen. So he was also known for wanting to put his enemies, quote, in their place. They just also said that without any explanation of what that was. That there meant. was, like,
0: something he would say, like, a lot. That something, like, oh, I can't wait to put so-and-so in their place. Seems like he has
1: an anger problem and thinks that he can just wield violence he over people. He thinks he's better
0: than other people, uh-huh. is the impression that I got. And he doesn't like to be, I'm sure he was a huge mansplainer and oh, yes that he didn't like to be like corrected or
1: he also just felt justified that like things were owed to him yeah like, he was like well obviously i should get this promotion and his colleagues are like well none of us got promoted because like yeah it was a budget freeze you... or whatever yeah first of all some... and he thinks that he is justified in like murdering because of that like he's a real sack of you shit think you are okay so, Guess what? We're not fans. We're going to take a bold
0: stance that we are not into this dude.
1: Yeah, so they make the assertion that it is likely the failed promotion combined with family tension that set this family tragic event into motion. I think him being a huge dick is what set this into motion, but... Okay, Curtis you know, is being adorable know? right now. He's rolling around on his back. <laughs> oh, this... Oh, you, I just... Let's just look at Curtis for a while. Yeah, let's just look at Curtis. Let's not talk about... (laughs) Family Annihilators. Oh my god. God. He's so cute. His back mustache. He does this all the time. He's so freaking cute. Okay. On March 1st, 1976, Bishop told his secretary he was ill and was going to see a doctor. That was also his last day of work with the State Department. Instead of reporting to a health clinic, he went home, making three stops along the way. One was at a gas station where he purchased and filled a gas can. The second was at... The White Flint Mall, where he purchased a ball peen hammer from a hardware store, and the third was at a bank where he withdrew several hundred dollars in cash. After arriving home, he bludgeoned his wife Aunt Annette, his mom Lobelia, and his sons William the Third and Brenton. He fucking- oh, Brenton, sorry, he had three sons: William the Third, Brenton, and jo- Jeffrey. He fucking named his son
0: William the Third, and yet still murdered him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's with a hammer.
0: Extra appalling to me for some he reason. He killed
1: all of them. He proceeded to take an all-night drive. So he put all you know all the bodies into his car and drove to Columbia, North Carolina, where he dug a shallow fire pit in a dense area of woods, piled all of the bodies in it, doused them with gasoline, and set them on fire.
0: Think of how this is disgusting. But just think of how horrific that is, that you've made a pit and you've thrown your entire family into it and you're burning their corpses. After you
1: beat them to death with a ball peen hammer. I don't get why he moved the body so far. I think he thought they wouldn't be discovered or maybe they couldn't be connected to him. If,
0: right, if they weren't
1: by, by the house. Except that he's missing and his entire family is dead. Like, okay, dude. On March 2nd... A North- is not as smart as he thinks he is. Yeah. Hmm. A North Carolina hmm. forest ranger noticed the smoke and discovered the horrific scene. Then he reported his findings to the local police. Six days later on March 8th, a neighbor of the bishops contacted the police suspicious of their abs- absence. Once inside their home, Lieutenant Joe sarg sargent found large amounts of blood investigators soon connected the two cases dental records confirmed the identity of the remains bishop dumped the car at a campground in the great smoky mountains national park before vanishing police inspected the car and found the bloodied ball peen hammer as well as the receipt from the hardware store for its purchase bishop fled the united states because he still possessed a State Department passport, he was able to travel much easier oh than God. civilians. At, as customs officers are generally more lax to those with official U.S. government passports, he was not. He has not been seen since, but sightings have been reported all over Europe, notably Belgium, England, Finland, and the Netherlands, Germany, Greece, Italy, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland. Um, this guy is really traveling. Yeah. A sighting by Roy Harrell, a State Department worker, placed bishop in Europe. Um, okay, this is the worst <laughs>
0: reenactment that has been on this show <laughs> yet, so including
1: those aliens bad.
0: that were just made out of paper mache and, like, old wooden spoons or whatever.
1: Yep. This is... <laughs> it's bad. So, Harrell I want
0: Unsolved Mysteries GIFs, are you listening? I want a GIF of this guy's face when he realizes he's been found out. Oh, my God. Please, please. While in
1: the city of Sorrento, according to Roy Harrell, he was in a men's washroom when he saw a bearded, haggard man wearing a soft cotton sports coat. At a closer glance, he realized it was Bishop and confronted him. He attempted to try and get Bishop to go with him um, to Rome to surrender to the Italian police, but Bishop panicked and ran from Harrell... And according to Unsolved Mysteries... He really goes like, oh my god! No! He runs and then unnecessarily grabs anything by him and throws it on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. While wearing this, like, it's so
0: weird. And his beard looks so fake and strange and... Yeah. It is an amazing coincidence. So this guy is the last person who saw him in the U.S. before he went missing. And he just happens to pump into him in this bathroom in Italy. It's wild.
1: And Bishop is pretty distinctive looking. So I think, yeah, if you knew him well, you would have recognized him. And it seems like it was him based on his reaction. When we're talking about eyewitness testimony not being reliable, I feel like I should point out that
0: there's a difference between seeing someone for five seconds committing a crime and recognizing someone you know
1: yes so like if someone someone you know and saying hey are you this person and then they freak out and and go (laughs) apparently i'm not going with you
0: and run with their limbs just like flailing down this italian hallway knocking
1: over plants oh my god
0: um I have a brief tangent that I once had to pick someone out of a photo array <laughs> because I used to work in a museum, and someone's purse got stolen, and they immediately went and used their checks and credit cards to buy booze, and was just seen like on the the security camera, like smiling, holding this big <laughs> case of beer, right? And so when I saw that photo, I was like, oh, I know who this is. She comes to the museum all the time. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. So I had to go to the police station and, like, pick her out of a photo array, which was so exciting because it's, like, so on order. Even, whatever. It's a stolen purse, but justice, please. I, like, collected evidence. I was like, oh, here's the sign-in sheet to prove she was here that day. Here's her receipt. You know, like... I gave this, like, whole file to the police department, and they, like, did not fucking care, right? Because it's a stolen purse. I was like, you know, just get get those solve rates up. I've solved it for you. Here it is. But when I was being interviewed by her lawyer, the lawyer was trying to prove that I didn't really recognize her, and I didn't really know who she was. And she was saying things like, well, what brand of sunglasses was she wearing? What? I I was like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what brand of sunglasses my mom wears. Doesn't mean I wouldn't recognize my own mother. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, I saw her every week. Yes. And also, she's smiling at the security (laughs) camera. It's fucking her. Like, just look at the photo (laughs) and then look at her. It's her.
1: Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I find this testimony to be pretty credible, but... And also, it seems like he legitimately was traveling around with. I don't know why they couldn't just like freeze his passport, but maybe it was a different. Maybe time. he knew ways to get around that. Yeah, or possibly. Or maybe they just didn't check. You know, it does seem like you're they right. Just take your word for it. If you flash, which is kind of true. I mean, you flash a badge at someone, and you look official.
0: They're like they're like, okay, but yeah, man with a strange beard, a strange fake beard.
1: It was probably real in real life, I suppose. So this is interesting and something that I haven't heard a lot about. He was tried in absentia of the crimes and found guilty on five counts of first degree murder and other charges. His most recent stateside sighting was of him traveling with the family dog and a dark skinned woman. I don't know. Okay. Apparently he took the dog. That was a dick move. Um, he killed the whole family,
0: took the dog, and then just kept traveling around the world with the dog? I guess. I've never really heard of anyone being tried in
1: absentia. have you? It's, I think it has to be a case like this, because you're... Well, you it's pretty close, you know.
0: Yeah. Where... I, yeah, maybe we need someone with more legal expertise to weigh in. Because I know you're works. supposed to be able to, like, confront your accusers. Right. So how does that work when you're being tried in absentee? Is it because you fled and you weren't supposed to? You've, like, given up that right, maybe?
1: Maybe. Yeah, I don't really know how that works. But apparently he was found guilty, so that's something. They're like, we have a ton of evidence against him, we just don't have him. Yeah, so this case... Guy, also, why didn't he just
0: leave with the family dog and let his family live? Just go travel around Europe without
1: them. Because he thinks that he has the power to take someone's life because they offended him or whatever. What a dick. Just toxic masculinity. Okay, so this case first aired on January 9th, 1991. Bishop was also profiled on America's Most Wanted and The Hunt with John Walsh. The result is that, unfortunately, he was never found. In fall 1992, investigators located an old letter which, identi- which indicated that Bishop had tried to hire someone to kill his family before he committed the crimes himself. The letter was from... What? Con- what? <laughs> <laughs> the letter was from convicted bank robber Albert Kenneth Bankston, who had corresponded... with a bank robber named Bankston?
0: Cool. <laughs>
1: That's fate. That, <laughs> really? that should
0: have been introduced in his trial. It's like, well, what choice did he na- have? His last name's Bankston.
1: He was meant to rob that bank. However, it is unknown what other connections the two men may have had. It seemed like that was their connection. The most recent... He sighting- just literally wrote
0: a letter to a dude who, first of all, robbed a bank. Doesn't sound like murder. It was like, will you kill my entire family, including children? And then the bank robber wrote back, No. <laughs> Nah. Nah dude. I no dude. So, uh is there a bank I could rob for you? Because my name's Bankston.
1: But it's, kind of, not, kind of my thing. it's my, not my last name's not Murderston. Okay? it's
0: not Family annihil- Annihilatorston. <laughs> find so, that guy. Find, find Phil Family Annihilatorston because I don't know why you think
1: I would do this. That's horrible. Get help. Okay, yeah. so the most recent I hope he just wrote back,
0: "Dude, get a divorce
1: or yeah. just leave.
0: If you're going to just go around Europe anyway, just fucking leave. bail." Yeah.
1: The most it's recent called bailing. sorry <laughs> <Citing laughs> check it out. Of Bishop was on September 19th, 1994 in Basel, Switzerland by a former neighbor. On April 10th, 2014, Bishop was added to the FBI's most 10 most wanted list. On October uh, in October of 2014 the authorities received a tip that an unidentified man killed in a hit and run accident in Alabama in 1981 might have been Brad Bradford Bishop. Authorities... Wait, he could
0: have been in Switzerland, but he was in Alabama.
1: Well, authorities exhumed the man's body to do DNA testing. Although Bishop's face appeared quite similar to the face of the unidentified man, the body was confirmed not to be Bishop. Oh, okay. Sadly, Roy Harrell, Bishop's colleague, passed away in 2017 without ever seeing Bishop apprehended. The FBI is still following up on leads in the case. However, I found an article from 2018, last year, uh, June of last year, in the Wall Street Journal um, that the FBI removed a long-sought fugitive, a Foreign Service officer accused of murdering his wife, mother, and three young children He's in 1978. actually just accused. He's convicted of that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> from its 10 Most Wanted list. William Bradford Bishop Jr. was only the 10th person to ever be removed from the 10 Most Wanted list since 1950 without prosecutors dropping charges or the fugitive being captured or dying. Despite removing him from the list, the FBI said it would continue to hunt for Bradford Bishop seems unlikely Bishop who was added to the list in 2014 was replaced on Wednesday by Antoine Taman Mims an accused gang member charged with the March killings of two men at a house party in um, Benton Harbor Michigan the FBI said in a statement that it was replacing Mr. Bishop who would now be 81 years old because it no longer believes that uh, publicity would aid in his capture. Mr. Bishop's surprise addition to the list in April 2014 drew heavy publicity that nevertheless failed to help authorities find him. A quote from the FBI said, there have been no confirmed sightings of Bishop since his initial disappearance. The FBI said in a statement adding that it uh, his continued presence on the 10 most wanted list is not expected to result in any additional information that would lead to his capture. And they said that... Um, it would be more helpful for the FBI to give the spot to a dangerous fugitive that remains a danger to the public. So that he's makes sense. Actually, no longer on the ten most wanted list, but they haven't closed the case or anything. Possibly he has died by now. Hopefully by falling in a well. I don't know. Yeah, I hope he choked on some fondue in Europe and it's a really un- it's a- so unfortunate that he just got away and was able to continue to live his life after killing his entire family yeah including his three young sons and then he just got to go on and live what a hobnobbing shit. across Europe I assume that's just horrible how did he have money to do that don't know maybe Weird. he was able to find work I, I don't know yeah awful hopefully he f- I don't know fell out of a plane Yeah.
0: can only hope. That he's the one person that was walking down the street and a piano fell on him. (laughs) If only. Yeah. Something that happens in, like, cartoons, but I don't know if it really happens in real life. Probably not, but hopefully it happened to this guy. Yeah. He's smashed up. Okay, goddamn, I don't want to talk about this treasure.
1: Treasure! (laughs) This is... (sighs) Unsolved Mysteries keeps profiling these, like... I don't know, old-timey treasure segments. Yeah, this
0: segment is problematic. Yeah. Uh, Be prepared if you want to watch it for some depictions of Indians you're not gonna like so much. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I don't... I'd really recommend just skipping this one. Yeah, why would you it?
0: fucking watch it at all? I don't know what <laughs> Yeah, th- there's depictions of the Apache tribe that... I don't even know. Could have done without. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just dumb and unnecessary. We squeak, this is a treasure segment, so we get casual stack, because that's how you know we're going to be in the outdoors talking about some treasure. And he talks, he just, like, waxes poetic about how everyone wants treasure and the never-ending quest to strike it rich, and I don't
1: (laughs) know. Raise your hand if you want treasure. Yeah. Oh, zero hands went up in this oh, room. Oh, yeah. It's like. I, mean, I guess I want a treasure, but. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go on a never ending quest to find it. No, goddamn, no. And I hate the way this
0: segment is ed- edited. I hate everything about it. I hate this, like, down home music that
1: starts playing immediately. And it's like. Throughout this whole episode, too there's weird loud? music. In and the reenactment in my last segment, I forgot to mention this, but they show the reenactor who played Bishop, like, shopping in the hardware store and there's this like bouncy like kind yeah. of like a jig playing in the background and I'm like this is weird. Yeah.
0: This is a strange choice. I I wrote down the pace of the segment is too fast. Like I could like they were just they just like jump in. Like, guess what? There was this treasure here like I don't know. I can't even explain it. It's just like very badly done. So this is either referred to as Adam's treasure or Adam's lost diggings. Which something. Yeah, see how much that upsets Curtis? Does that sound like a treasure to you? Dig-ings? Adam's lost diggings? Or does it sound like some sort of cat litter? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the latter. <laughs> like. I don't want to go find Adam's lost dingings, whatever the fuck that is. No, that should, <laughs> let that, that stay stop. lost, <laughs> please, please. Uh, according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, Adam's treasure is described as a gold mine of uncertain
1: value. <laughs> Super uncertain. Right.
0: Y'all. This is sort of near Tucson, Arizona, but of course the location is unknown. And that since 1864, treasure hunters have been searching for the mysterious Adam's treasure. And one of those people is this railroad man named, oh God, I'm getting ahead of myself.
1: I hate this so much. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. Okay, okay. Think okay. of the sushi.
0: You're right. Today is the best day of the year. Samantha and I are doing Galantine sushi
1: after this. So excited! I'm also so hungry. It's all you can eat sushi, so I, had I haven't had anything. To one today. Girl Scout cookie for breakfast, and I'm starving. <laughs> Uh, we just go
0: and we pick out an all-you-can-eat sushi. Samantha orders, like, 20 rolls at once. It's the sexiest thing you've ever seen.
1: <laughs> I eat at this restaurant a lot. The so. server
0: comes over and Samantha's like, we'll take five of these. She just, like, lists off this thing and I'm just like, Samantha, I love you. <laughs> and then we get, like, green tea ice cream. And then in our food comas, we wander over to Home Goods and smell all the candles and buy stuff we don't need and... It's, the, it's best. the fucking
1: best. It's
0: the best. Also we give each other galantines. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I love everything about it. Tell but- tell the people what your galantines are <laughs> for all all 10 of us. So, it's a certain kind of water that we talk about on this podcast and they should fucking sponsor us because I feel like Goddamn, we bring it up every episode. Guess what's the best thing in the world? It rhymes with molar. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I want money. <laughs> or at least some free water. Or at least some free water. Because I got strawberry watermelon, and it's so good. I'm so excited. Wait, Samantha, because I care about you, you're getting hibiscus
1: cloudberry. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Anyway, I got to focus so treasure. I can get to sushi. Treasure. Gotta, we got to get through this. Okay.
0: So... There was a man who was known only as Adams, which is how you know this story is way legit. And there's no other information about him, so don't fucking ask! (laughs) in september of 1864 adam's and another man which i guess we have even less information about that were found near death and were brought to fort apache adam and chad's lots of diggings while recuperating adam told the army surgeon that a few weeks earlier he and 20 of his miners were in a cabin that they had been led to by this guide called like what was his name i don't remember something i am not i don't know Look, I don't know. And he had promised to take them into a gold mine in exchange for two horses, a saddle, and two $50 gold pieces and a bandana.
1: What? Demand more. <laughs> and the bandana? Value your gold mine a little higher. <laughs> a bandana. I don't understand why. He, he was also in a gang. Why did he, he was want to
0: lead them to a gold mine in exchange for gold? Just, like,
1: keep all the gold. Yeah. One horse, a bandana, and a fucking- uh, two horses. Oh, excuse me. A saddle. Only one saddle? You got two
0: horses, guy. <laughs> Think bigger. Uh, but why does he want fifty gold pieces when he knows where all this
1: gold is? And
0: a ba- Okay. Now, anytime I demand anything, I'm gonna say <laughs> to the head and a bandana, <laughs> and they'll be like, Liz, those are like a dollar at the craft store. I'm like, yeah. Well, I want a better one, like a nice bandana. Okay. Yeah. Put some rhinestones on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so they they this is what is sucks about this segment is they just like jump into the it's like, oh, and they brought him to the zigzag cannon and can can canyon fucking kill me. <laughs> to this zigzag canyon where you get to the to the rocks and it looks like there's nothing there. and then the guys like threaten the guide. Like, there better be something here. We're going to take your bandana away. And he's like, no, like behind this, you like go into this little alcove and there's a waterfall. And at the bottom of the waterfall, there was just all this gold in the water. Just there. Why did that guy not just take it? Why did he lead people to it he in exchange if this, if this for gold? this been real,
1: he would have. This is just... <sighs> a, yeah, this is just old-timey people. native american racism we're like whoa so he, he agreed to give us this mine for two horses and there's someone and explaining that the the arrow gold meant something
0: to the white man but not to the native <laughs> yeah, exactly
1: people. and if these people understand that bullshit gold is worth something to you they're not going to be like oh give me a bandana and i will show you the riches of america <laughs> like awesome. come on if you
0: understand that it would be, even if you don't want gold, because you're like, this is just shiny metal and really has no value, that except what you've placed on it. Uh, so
1: give it to them to, like, go away for something. <laughs> <laughs> or you would like, use it to continue to buy more shit from them. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. The implication is that the Apache are dumb, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Adams and his men agree to share the gold equally, which we're supposed to be impressed by, even though they're, like, going and taking it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, they set up the camp, and they're prospecting, and then a few days later, supposedly, the Apache chief comes, and they have to, like, work out this deal, because they're on Apache land. Which I think we're supposed to think, oh, they should be able to take whatever they want. Why? Why? It's it's not theirs. Because they're white and they put their foot on it. They're just supposed to be able to wander around, taking whatever they want. How dare anyone say, hey, man, not cool. So supposedly the deal he made with the chief was that they could keep whatever they found below the waterfall. But they weren't supposed to go above the waterfall. But then, of course, immediately this white guy does. (laughs) (laughs) Like, within seconds. (sighs) Because his, supposedly his horse, he chases his horse, but then he finds a gold thing as large as a hen's egg. I hate this so much! So then, of course, the men keep wanting to go above the waterfall, even though it's not the deal that they made. So they keep going there. Yeah, I agree, Curtis. It's really shitty. So they keep going above the waterfall. And then at some point, Adams comes back and all of his men have been killed because they didn't follow the deal. And I was kind of like, yeah. All right. Seems fair. You knew what was going to happen. Was that not clear to you? Fictional story full of (laughs) fictional characters. And then you just see, like, Adams. You just see Adams, like, peering over this. And that's the end of this episode. I rate it zero stars. (laughs) Okay. So you see Adams peering over this rock and then he's just like oh shit they're all dead i gotta go (laughs) and that's actually my favorite part that he like does not care that all of these men have been murdered basically he was like and that his friend is like oh i think i can get a shot off and he's like don't bother let's get out of here let's get out of you're only gonna make it worse which is true (sighs) curtis agrees curtis is tired of the blatant racism on this show Curtis, I agree.
1: Same yeah, same, 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 Curtis, same Curtis.
0: The music in this is fucking terrible. It's like half hoedown music, half like
1: wind flute things. Yeah, and the moral of the story is this treasure doesn't exist. Never yeah. existed, and no one's ever going to find it. What else was I supposed to say about this? So,
0: basically, people think that Oh, think people think that because men were going above the waterfall like they weren't supposed to, they were hiding gold from Adams and burying it in a coffee can. What is that based on? Adams wouldn't even know that if they were hiding it from him. So, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, yeah, people have been trying to find the Zigzag Canyon because supposedly it's worth $1.5 million okay. And then at some point in the 20s, a railroad man named John Mitchell searched for this treasure and was supposedly unsuccessful, but did write down everything about his searches. And then in the 80s, we see these two treasure hunters named Ron and Mick, which just seems appropriate, that have been searching for the treasure. And then we see them, like, find, like, part of a railroad, like, what do you call that? The metal part of a railroad track, a track or something yeah. and he's like yeah because john rich mitchell was a railroad man and i was like you think because someone has made their fortune in a railroad they just carry around the pieces of metal from tracks and just leave them places like fucking hansel and Brettel, gretel breadcrumbs why would he have that with him just because he worked don't know owned a railroad don't know he probably never touched one of those things in his life he was just a rich guy <laughs> Like, oh, see, we know this was the right place. John Mitchell was here, he was a railroad guy. And I went, Fuck <laughs> you. That was my reaction. Uh, so they thought they had found several landmarks based on the fact they were looking at old maps and names of rivers have changed over the years, blah blah blah. So he thought that Adams Canyon was Eagle Creek near Clifton, Arizona, and then they that's where they found this like a gold you know whatever that thing the pan you do in the water when you're looking for gold for some reason
1: aren't those just everywhere wasn't everyone panning for gold yeah it 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 means nothing
0: um what unsolved mysteries fails to mention is that a lot of these locations where they think the treasure is is tribal land so that's a fucking sovereign nation and chances are you don't get to just wander around taking shit yeah. like Adams thought he was entitled to. So because when I was looking, there's a Wikipedia about this article about this too. That's what's called last at lost Adams diggings, the most disgusting name for a treasure <laughs> ever. I can't really tell you why it's just not appealing, but it's like, Oh, by the way, you can't really go confirm if these locations are true or not because you're not really supposed to be there. Just, digging around taking shit it's not yours but that's the whole problem with treasure hunting it's all taking shit that's not yours yeah so unless that belonged to like an evil oil baron uh leave it alone yeah yeah i have more information about this and i don't even want to read it because i'm just so 15 minutes we should just roll on through okay
1: how do you want to rate this episode
0: (laughs) I think it gets thumbs down on everything and one star.
1: Yeah, there's no... Really? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. There's no good fashion. The spe- I'm going to use this loosely, but the special effects m- makeup in the first segment was awful. The bruises they put on that child actor's face were just like perfect circles oh is that what that was supposed to be they were supposed to be bruises yeah because he was supposed allegedly beat up before they were just like perfect symmetrical circles on his cheeks i didn't even get
0: i was like what is that i forgot but then at the time i was like what the is he a a mime i don't
1: know who thought that was a good idea
0: oh my closest thing to an mvm there is not really a good mustache in this episode the closest one i had was in the first segment let me fucking find it. I'm sorry. This is so off the rails, everyone. Was it his father? Yes. He had a very... It was it had a nice shape to it. So he had... Usually I would not consider a mustache that goes into a beard a mustache. I feel like that's just all beard. But in this case, the mustache is defined separately from the beard. Like, it's like he has a mustache and then a beard. Uh-huh. It curls up on the side Because he's shaving down the cheeks of the beard. And then, yeah, curling the mustache is like a separate... It was sort of, of a work of art. I called it the Water Buffalo. <laughs> Mac called it
1: the Late Orson Welles. <laughs>
0: so that should give you an idea yeah, what it looks like. kind
1: of looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't particularly find the reenactments to be great. There were some problematic of stuff- depictions of Native Americans in the third one and yeah, just thumbs down all around. Uh
0: I guess it is mysterious because none of the shit is solved, but sure. Sure. I also don't care. No, nah, not really. So I'm just thinking of that thing in Gladiator where Joaquin Phoenix is, you know, putting out his thumb <laughs> and then he's like, no, thumbs down. That's me right now. <laughs> yeah. I give this like a two out of five Robert's tags. maybe. I give it a one. I honestly don't like it's it. not good. I wouldn't recommend watching Particularly it. Particularly because of the treasure segment. Skip I think the it. treasure segment is bad for every reason I bitched about it more. Mm-hmm. It's just awful.
1: All right, I'm I'm dying to hear your recommendation. Okay, I basically already did my recommendation,
0: but when I was in New Orleans, I took two tours. I took a cemetery tour and I took a ghost and vampire tour. Mm. And both of those were from French quarter phantoms, and I highly recommend it. They were super good. It was very affordable. It's like very professional, well done. The nice. group size was good. Like if a lot of people are interested in that day, they hold, they hire multiple guides. And it was just, like... That's always really nice. Yeah. And I went with a friend of mine, and she paid me back, like, after the... I just booked, like, all the tours for both of us, and then she paid me back after. And she was, like, shocked that... She was like, oh, I thought they were so good. I was really expecting it to be more. So... Nice. It seems like a good value that the cemetery tour I took was just going to Lafayette number one and walking around and learning some of the history of that. And then I thought the ghost and vampire tour was essentially going to be a ghost tour. And then they would just like slap on one mention of a vampire to like bring in those fans. But there was actually two vampire locations that we went to and the stories were really, really good. So if that's something that you're interested in, highly recommend that. I thought, The tour guides really knew their shit, and it was very affordable and enjoyable. So we went on this, like, walking ghost tour in Anoka, Minnesota, which was the most wholesome thing ever. And one story was really, like, a kid held a cookie behind their back, and a ghost ate it, right? We're at the New Orleans ghost tour, and they bring us to this building, and they were like, inside this building, 20 of the most beautiful men and women the city had ever seen were dismembered and their limbs were stacked floor to ceiling in front of the door in what was described as a human salad (laughs) the the contrast (laughs) they're fucking good crazy stories wow i don't feel like i should give them all away but they were really awesome incredible they each one like i honestly my jaw was dropping at some of this shit and the the ghost tour guide was clearly a skeptic but he would give you all the historical like provable information first like we know at this location like this murder happened or whatever and then at the end would be like okay what cannot be explained is these sightings or the fact that this apartment's had like 30 break-ins in the past year or you know like whatever he would leave that sort of paranormal aspect of then and be like alright I don't know how to explain such and such and I thought that was a good approach. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, French Quarter Phantoms, if you're ever in New Orleans, thumbs up for me.
1: Nice. So, Liz's trip to New Orleans reminded me that I just finished binge-watching this show on Amazon that I love so much. And this is not the show for Liz, and it's not <laughs> a show for the squeamish. Oh, yeah. no. who don't no like medical shows. Because it's a show called Night Watch, and it's like a... It's kind of... You, there's a lot of shows that followed in cops' footsteps where okay. they, like, follow around police. Sure. But they this show also follows around the ambulance drivers, the paramedics, and the EMS sta- people who oh, work yeah, for New Orleans. And the reason I'm saying it's not for Liz is because it can be pretty graphic. Uh, but, but what I loved more than the interesting cases that they saw were just the characters. They follow the same, like... It, it changes a bit. There's, um, I want to say, three seasons, and it changes a bit, f- like from season to season. But they have sort of the same crews that always work together that have such okay. good chemistry that are hilarious, that are so nice. And also, it's in New Orleans, and I've never Everybody been. Everybody in New Orleans is super nice. That's what I was gonna say. I've never been so in New Orleans, nice. but you could literally, they could literally be caring for someone who's been shot and is like. Either half their arm is hanging off, and they're just chipper, and, like, thanks for coming to pick me up. Like, it's incredible. And people always talk about Minnesota nice, which I'm starting to believe is, like, an ironic way of talking about people in Minnesota. There's two ways to... People
0: in Minnesota are... I in my opinion, genuinely very nice. Yes. But there's also this idea of Minnesota nice, which is a more like passive aggressive politeness.
1: Right. But the it's from my from watching this one show, which I feel like if you're seeing people that are at like the worst moment of their life and they're like that gives you a good idea of like the culture and also, a theme of the show is the you know ambulance drivers that they follow, saying this is how New Orleans is. Like we're nice, we help each other, we will go out of our way. Like, there's a few cases where like they have help from like a good Samaritan that doesn't need to like stop and like assist these people, but they do. And like I don't know, it's really not only is it interesting because they see a lot of shit. It follows only the ambulance drivers that um, are working overnights. So they see crazy okay. shit. Yeah, they follow yeah. them on during Mardi Gras, which is wild. I don't care for... They do cut back and forth between the ambulance drivers and the police. I don't care for the police because I don't think over-policing of black neighborhoods needs to be entertainment. That's just my opinion. But... I, I, actually, I kind of think that's fact. <laughs> but, so I don't care as much for the, you know, following the police, but I really, really love the um, ambulance segments. And the only unfortunate thing is that there's three seasons, and Travis and I binge-watched them. And then there was a fourth season you had to pay for, so that three are free, and we bought it. Only to be disappointed to find out that they, I think they moved to Miami, somewhere in Florida. <gasps> it's a bait and switch! Well, this is what happened. Spoiler. Uh, so, New Orleans had, I think it's A&E, what? First 48. What what channel is that on? Is oh, it a Oh, uh,
0: yeah, maybe. So,
1: New or- the city of New Orleans had this contract with A&E where they published, they produced this show, The Night Watch, and they also produced... The first forty-eight, and apparently there was a scandal surrounding the first forty-eight, in which the producers of that show were accused of basically screwing up a triple homicide investigation. I don't know the details of it, but they apparently messed that investigation up, and I think perhaps they didn't get the murderer. I'm not really sure of the details, like oh, I said, my but God. because of that, um, I think the city cut off their ability to work with any of the police. And yeah. so I think the la- the third season of Night Watch um, has much more of the ambulance drivers in it for that reason. There was still some police that I think, segments that I think were like carryover that maybe they hadn't, they hadn't published or whatever um, but then after that third season apparently they cut off all they just ended their interesting. contract yeah, with a yeah, yeah. and because of this incident and yeah don't fuck up a triple murder investigation
0: I didn't, investigation. Th- I didn't anyway. think it was interesting that even the police department in the French Quarter sold t-shirts
1: <laughs> but I really really enjoy watching these ambulance drivers they're, they're really cool people they have really good chemistry Um, it that, that that's what really makes the show also there's just Really interesting cases, and I enjoy watching that. Like I just started watch. I unrelated on an unrelated note, I just started rewatching ER, which I've been saying I was going to do forever. Oh yeah, good for you. Thoroughly enjoying it. <laughs> if you've been following, if you follow us on Instagram, you've probably seen it in my story that I was. Instagram storying about it, and (laughs) it's more melodramatic than I remember. Well, you're at a different point in your life.
0: I forgot that the TV writing has improved significantly. (laughs) I
1: forgot that babyface George Clooney in the first season pretty much spends every episode just sexually harassing Nurse Carol. So yeah, but that's that used to be fine. I I guess that Um, used to be flirty fun in the good old days, the
0: '90s. When you could just harass people when they were trying to do their job yeah. of saving lives. Yeah. And anyway. you're like, hey, you're looking real hot today. I'm George Clooney. <laughs> anyway. Uh oh my god. I I feel like this episode was a wreck and I blame my dogs <laughs> and I'm so sorry.
1: You know what? Listen, we're podcasting in a house right now. There's dogs here. Everyone, we really appreciate you listening. I hope you we stay sure with do. us. So we're on the social medias. Uh, Perhaps it's you: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a like. We'd really appreciate it. Give us a five star review Uh, on Apple Apple Podcasts,
0: podcasts, iTunes. Um, If you would like to send us your paranormal story,
1: we have had a small influx in paranormal stories emailed to us lately. Haven't read any of them for the. It's for the end of the season. We don't even open them, so if you haven't gotten a response, please don't be offended. Also, I don't I don't check our email as often as I should. Someone last week sent us a delightful email. They live in a polar paradise. Um, told us all about how it's like what it's like to go to the grocery store and just have aisles dedicated to every flavor of polar <laughs> water. It was delight. They included a photo. I loved it. And I saw that email like six days after they sent it. I always feel really bad, but... We've got other stuff going on. If you haven't gotten a response to us specifically surrounding spooky stories, it's because I don't even want to open them and be spoiled. But keep sending them. We see them. We flag them. We will read them in our season finale. It occurs to me, Johnny, you sent us some
0: amazing stories about your vortex of a ghost house, and you said you had more. So, Johnny, if you're listening... Uh, we would like those more stories, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so you could email those to Perhaps it's you, podcast at com, or there is a form on our website, perhapsitsyoupodcast dot
1: Yeah, and you can subscribe to our Patreon, and you will get instant access to 14 episodes. It's such a good deal now. Yeah. You really should steal that dollar from your mom and give it to us. Yeah, and we have three tiers, so if you steal Come a couple on. dollars from your mom, you can get a coloring, coloring sheet sheets. every month. Thank you to everyone who has tagged us in their coloring sheet photos. They're so cute. You're doing a great job. This month is going to be Hero Dog Mustache of the Hell French Revolution. yeah, I'm going to color that one. I cannot
0: wait. And I think for March, maybe Porpoise of Justice? Oh,
1: <gasps> Yes! So subscribe to our so. Patreon if you want access to that. And, yeah, that's pretty much... That's so it. All that's right. That's all I got. We love you. Go
0: solve some mysteries, bitches. Bye. Bye. There's no Lost Adams diggings. <laughs>